freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, coming up this hour, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Um. And our theme today is Ordinarily Extraordinary. And today we are excited to have back on the air author and new American citizen, Nick Adams. Nick has written Retaking America, Crushing Political Correctness. And his latest book is titled The Green Card Warrior, My Quest for Legal Immigration in an Illegals System about the political hurdles he has had to overcome as he worked towards citizenship. We're working towards getting him on the phone now. Oh, there he is. Hey, Nick, are you with us? Cheryl Todd, yes, ma'am, I certainly am. Great to hear your voice. Oh, great to hear yours, too. Uh, Dan's here with us as well. Hi, Nick. G'day, Dan. Good to see you again. Good day. You still say that now that you're an American citizen, and congratulations on that. Thank you very much, Cheryl Todd. I appreciate it. I am now part of the greatest country in the history of the world. Oh, you know what? I, I just love hearing that, and I wish that more people who... We're fortunate enough to have been born here felt that way because you had to fight hard. You had to pay tons of money. You had to go through huge hurdles to get to say that you are an American citizen and enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy, right? Well, that's exactly right, Cheryl. Look, uh, legal immigration, even when it goes according to plan, is a very long, very cumbersome, very expensive process. In my case, all of that was amplified because I was persecuted by the State Department because of my politics. I had an approved green card petition and then the State Department sought to overturn that approved green card petition. I was placed on a no-fly list. I, they tried to have me banned from ever re-entering the United States and if it wasn't for the help of a lot of U.S. senators and congressmen, that were outraged by what was happening and wanted to help, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to be here having this conversation with you today. Well, Nick, you said um, something that uh, confused me here. They put you on the no-fly list? Yes, sir. Because of your political beliefs? Or what was their reason? Well, I mean, there was never a reason given, uh, Dan. They don't have to give a reason. I went to the airport in Sydney to travel to the U.S., uh, at the beginning of June, just a few months ago, and uh, as I checked in, I was told that uh, the tourist visa that I'd always travelled with uh, was not, the computer wasn't accepting it. They then disappeared, Qantas, the, the airline, uh, disappeared, and they came back with an army of people, 
and they said that uh, they'd just gotten off the phone with the Department of Homeland Security, and they were informed that I was not travel, I was not authorized to travel to the United States. Well, so and, I uh, just like our listeners to know that you can be put on a no-fly list and not be a criminal. Well, certainly in my case, that's true. I, I can't speak for whoever else is on the no-fly list, uh, Dan. But if I made the no-fly list, I'm sure there are lots of other good people on there as well. Right. And you know, your new book, The Green Card Warrior, um, you have an eye-opening account shows how the Obama administration has broken new ground in its imitation, uh, intimidation and harassment of political opponents, now using the State Department to screen and select immigrants based on their politics. Tell me that's not so. Well, look, my case, Dan, is the very first one that we know documented of where the State Department has used uh, the the immigration, the legal immigration process to vet people that want to come to America. And that is absolutely astounding. It's disgusting. It's despicable. And that's why I am shining a light on all of these cockroaches that turn my life upside down and uh, cost me an inordinate amount of suffering and money. Uh, you know, it cost me almost $50,000 and it took me four and a half years. And without wanting to blow my trumpet too much, I think that I'm pretty much a, a model kind of person that you'd want in the U.S. Absolutely. I was a valedictorian in my school. I was the publicly elected official back home in Australia. I was the youngest deputy mayor in Australian history. I'm a best-selling author. I'm a Fox News commentator. And uh, I'm coming to America to make, not take, I'm coming to give, not receive. But I think all of that was the problem, Dan and Cheryl. I don't think that they want people like me, people that are Christians, people that are patriots, people that have traditional views. I think they want people that have got European views, or worse, Islamic views. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you juxtapose the red carpet welcome that illegal immigrants are given, with the hurdles and obstacles and pain and suffering and, and all the lines and the waiting that legal immigrants have to do, it just makes you want to take out a baseball bat. It's like we're not, you know, it's like we're trying to become a different country completely. It, it's disgusting to me. That's right. They're trying to fundamentally transform the place, and that's why people like me are not really welcome. That... People like me who, who kind of represent old-school America, what America used to be, a patriotic, American exceptional, uh, believing, uh, Second Amendment supporting person. They're not the kind of people that they want. They want, they want people that kiss butt, not kick it. Wow. You know, I, I personally that. know two people, you and another gentleman that, that uh, immigrated from Australia. And you guys have the exact same beliefs, the same everything that dreams of America being what it used to be and wanting it to be that way. And it's strange to me that... Did you both come from Australia? You both come from Australia, right. Yeah, well, look, that's, look, you've got to understand, and this is why I have written this book, Green Card Warrior, and my quest for legal immigration in any legal system. I've written it because... It's so important that we get this system uh, fair and, and, and right again because America is the only refuge for people that have got the views like 
this other gentleman that you're talking about and me. People who want freedom, people who want to be individuals, people that don't want to colour between the lines, people that want to have the best chance at achieving the dreams that God put in their heart. We have to make sure that America remains a place where those types of people can come in easily. Right. And the types of people that don't like America or don't represent those values, they're the ones that we should ensure never get to come here. But unfortunately, it's exactly the upside down. Wow. Well, I love that you've written your book um, because you say it's the first documented um, incident of of what you describe as, you know, people coming against you and, and trying to pre- prevent you from coming to the United States, putting you on the no-fly list because of your, your politics. But it's I, I have to believe that's because most people don't have the public platform that you have built up over the years to tell their story. And I'm so grateful that you do have that, uh, that ability because this whole no fly, no buy list is such a hot topic, especially in this election. And everybody just thinks, Oh, well that's common sense. Well, no common sense is judging people individually, not just having this blanket, no fly, no buy based on, we don't even know what. So when you talk about coming here to, to not take, but to, to build and to give, you have already started an organization that I want to talk about. It's FLAG, right? Talk to us about what FLAG is. Well, FLAG, Cheryl, is the only uh, organization, the only organized force in the world that is fighting anti-Americanism. You see, our gallant men and women of the U.S. military have got our backs just about everywhere, at home, abroad, in the air, on the land, at sea, heck, even in space. But the one place where no one until recently has had America's back is in the culture. Mm. Uh, America has not had a pro-American voice that is standing up for it when it is routinely libeled and defamed Mm -hmm. and mocked and derided. So, you know, people at will come out and say that America's a racist place, a bigoted place, an oppressor in world affairs, and the culture treats them like they're a hero. Mm. Now, I don't think that they're a hero at all. I think they're disgraceful. Mm-hmm. And so what FLAG is all about is using the tactics of the left back against them. So we go into as many elementary, middle and high schools as we possibly can. And we talk to kids about what makes America different, what makes America special, why is the Constitution the best political document ever written, what would the world look like without America? Uh, what would the world look like today had it not been for American leadership in the 20th century? Why has America been an unparalleled force for good in the world? These are the questions that we seek to answer. And, uh, we, we, you know, we also have a cable news strike force team. We go in and we make sure that across all of the networks, we have America's back. Uh, that there, is a, there is a voice saying, no, that's not true. America is the least racist multiracial country in the world. More black people have immigrated voluntarily to the United States than came as whites. The president of the United States is as much white as he is black, mm-hmm. but he only ever identifies as a black person. And mm-hmm. in politics, we know that a politician always presents himself in a way that would make him most popular 
electorally. Mm. So why, if, if America is such a bad, bad place for blacks, why would the president be promoting his blackness? <laughs> so these are, the, these are the kinds of things that we, that we bring to light. Uh, yeah. We've got Flag Watch. Flag Watch is the world's first anti-American watch list. So you and Dan and I, we're all on goodness knows how many lists and uh, by the left. So it's time for us to have our own list. So we're hosting the world's first anti-American watch list. Here's how it's going to work. If you've said something stupid about America, we get your name, we get your photograph, where you live, where you work, what you said and why what you said was stupid. And we make sure through Google search optimization results that the very first thing that anybody finds out about you is that you hate America. Wow. So, You're yeah, flipping it right make- back on them, aren't you? That's right. This is a battle tank, Cheryl Todd, not a think tank. Mm. We are going to war with these guys, and we want to blow them up because wow. right now they are delivering us at the hands and the knees of people far inferior right. uh, to our culture. Right. So we need to do something about it. Well, you know, they that, that phrase, you know, hey, I blew up. Well, when when Nick Adams is blowing you up and putting you at the top of the Google search, that is uh, really not the place you want to be if you are anti-American. Well, that's right, Cheryl. That's right. I'm not just a pretty face. I, I'm, I'm here to try and change America, to try and change the world, to try and, and uh, clean out the left because I don't want... America going down the path that my former country uh, did. Exactly. I want to. I want to be able to tell you guys. Listen, you are fantastic like you are. Don't change for anyone, and stand up. It's time to punch the bully in the nose. To hit first, hit hard, and not stop. I love it. Well, we've got to run, but tell folks again about how they find out uh, more about and buy your brand new book, Green Card Warrior, My Quest for Legal Immigration in an Illegals System. Right now, Cheryl Todd, every single one of your listeners can go on Amazon and pick up the book for $9.90. It's the best deal in town. This is an explosive blockbuster tell-all book that's going to make national headlines and it will impact the presidential election. I have all the evidence of my persecution in the book. People have got to get their hands on a copy and at that price get more than one copy and give it to others who have not yet decided on who they're going to vote for so they know how the left operates and how evil their tyranny in bureaucracies like the IRS, like the immigration system how they operate against political opponents. We cannot let it happen anymore. I love it. You are an inconvenient person at a, the perfect time uh, to be telling your story. And I am I am so happy to know you, proud to know you. And uh, anything I can do to help get your book in people's hands, you know I'm going to be there to help out. Well, I appreciate it, Good Looker. And we're going to do the best that we can to keep uh, pushing and punching and promoting. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, Nick. Bye-bye now. Well, talk about ordinarily extraordinary uh, Nick Adams. Check him out online any way you can. Buy all of his books. Honestly, he's just got a, a powerful voice, a lot to say, and he has a passion 
of loving this country and loving what we truly stand for. And uh, stick around because still to come, we have Marcus Weldon, Detroit's Santa Claus shooter. We also have a Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. (laughs) Right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Thanks for sticking around with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And if you have missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab. You'll see a recording of every one of our shows. Click on the Guest tab, and you'll get to put a face to the voices that you hear of all of the guests we've had. There's a little bit about their personal history, a link to their uh, Facebook pages, their websites, all that sort of thing. And uh, we have had an opportunity over... We're just a little over a year old now where this is episode 58. And so in that length of time, we've been able to connect with some incredible people. And one of those people is waiting on the line right now. And we are about to welcome to the show someone who faced the legal repercussions of having used a firearm in defense of another person. He is one of those good guys with a gun. But that didn't prevent the legal system from wreaking financial and emotional havoc on his life with the threat of being locked away for up to 30 
years. We welcome to the show Marcus Weldon. Are you with us, Marcus? Yes, I am. Great to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Now, you know, uh, you and I chatted off the air, uh, just kind of, you know, getting a sense of how, what what bits we're going to be able to fit in a 13-minute segment, because you have a rich life, and and you are so much more than Detroit's Santa Claus shooter, but that's the piece of your life I want to talk about right now, the Santa Claus shooter. Now, that doesn't mean you shot Santa Claus, Right. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, when they hear that, they think, oh, man, did he shoot Santa? <laughs> <laughs> that would but not be the, okay at all. <laughs> that that wouldn't be okay at all. Santa's a jolly guy. So, <laughs> But, um, yes, unfortunately, that name, I was dubbed the Santa Shooter. Um, it was sensationalized by the media because I wore the Santa Claus suit at a uh, particular event that I worked. And oh. I'm leaving that event. I unfortunately was uh, encountered by two individuals that were harassing the young lady who I was helping, and um, it became a, a serious situation where guns were drawn. And so, it was a shootout. So you are, you know, you're not just some gun-wielding dude in a Santa suit. You, you already had your concealed carry license at the time of this incident. So you are a responsibly Correct. armed citizen. Correct. And so you and a friend, you're leaving a, a party after work. You happen to have the Santa suit on. And when I when I met you in Florida a couple of weeks ago at the Gun Rights Policy Conference, I said, well, you were a skinny Santa because you're, <laughs> you're the last guy I would have put in a Santa suit. You must have had a lot of padding on there. You are a fit dude. A lot of clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of clothes on to, to make me look a lot more like Santa. That's for sure. And it was uh, quite uncomfortable. Uh, well, and to even be able but, uh, to get to your firearm was probably quite something. Oh man, that was that was pretty. That was actually the probably the craziest thing of it all. So actually, seeing you get to my firearm. So, <laughs> so you uh, you pull up to the gas station. It's after the party. There's two men that are physically assaulting a young woman, and you're you and your friend step in. You're saying, "Hey, hey, hey, that's not okay." Well. Because you're a trained, responsibly armed citizen with a firearm, you didn't just pull out your gun like you're John Wayne swooping into the place. You were just trying right. to, to help a young woman that you saw that, that was in danger. So how did it, Correct. How did it happen that, that guns did get drawn? Well, uh, there was a threat that was actually uh, given to the individual. It was two guys. One of the guys threatened me and said, uh, he's got something for me. Uh, when I warned him to get back, he then ran to his car and actually went and retrieved his weapon. Mm. At that point, um, I had to get to mine, which was, like I said, was the hardest part of everything, was digging in my <laughs> suit and trying to get to it, because we, <laughs> we had just had a physical altercation, so it kind of, you know, shaking everything up. And once I finally got to it, he had got to his, and it was like, you know, almost like the Wild Wild West where you have to draw. Oh man! And um, he and I was shocked that he actually. I was hoping actually and praying that he would just get in the car and leave. But when he turned around and pointed the gun, I said, "Oh, he's he's serious." Wow! And uh, it was like spontaneous. It was you know one shot after another. My goodness! Now he didn't hit you, but he shot first. Yeah. But you're. You know, and I think. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I, you know, when 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 people asked me that he shoots first, it was it was so quick. It was almost like. 
Yeah, who, who did? <laughs> You're not sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he drew sure. on I you. Just, he was yeah. pointing a deadly yeah. weapon at you, and so you are within your rights to take the action right. that you took. And so you did, Correct. your your projectile did strike him, and he did spend Correct. some time in the hospital, but he, he did recover. So let, let's just step back into your world now. So in the movies, the police will come. And you'll go, hey, you're welcome, officers, you know, just helping you out, just right, being a good citizen, right, and right. you get to go back to your life. Is that not right. quite exactly how it happens in real life? Oh, man, you know, you see the movies, you see all the, the you know, the, the, the stuff that looks good, and law enforcement coming to the rescue, and good guys get rewarded, but it's not exactly how it happens. Um, this particular story, uh, there was a lot of confusion of who was the villain, who was the hero. And, you know, once the police had actually did their actual due diligence and seen that they kind of messed up, you would have thought that the prosecutor would let it go. But instead, they it, uh, trumped up the charges. And uh, because the media sensationalized the story, it became, uh, a, kind of, I thought, a, a little bit of a political battle because mm-hmm. of, uh, of course, the gun control issue going on. And mm-hmm. here it is, you know, a guy with a gun. And, you know, downtown Detroit is a, a high-profile area. Uh, there's a lot of uh, investments going on with Dan Gilbert and a lot of other billionaires and mayor candidates and stuff that are coming, always visiting the city. And, you know, so what ended up happening was they ended up trumping up the charges, seven felonies, because uh, actually two individuals were hit, and um, including the guy who drove the car and the guy who actually was the passenger of the car who had the altercation, the physical altercation with and um, they trumped up the charges and ended up, uh, I was facing 30 years in jail. Wow. So a maximum of 30, a minimum of 16, and then you kept being encouraged by your legal counsel to, you know, just take the plea deal and, you know, you'll be out in a year's time, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, that was the toughest decision I made in, by far. Um, offer me one year um, in jail rather than doing the whole uh, minimum, I think it was 15 to 13 or 15 minimum mm. if the jury didn't get it right. And so, you know, this kind of prudent expediency, it would have altered the course of an innocent man's life. You were innocent of doing anything wrong or illegal. It would have altered your career right. plans. It would have altered your ability yeah. to raise your young daughter. And right. so thank goodness you had whatever it took whether it's internal fortitude whether it's faith in a higher power whether it's enough money in the bank right right <laughs> you had yeah. all of these things to to stay the course and press through the idea the truth that you were innocent and you mentioned to me off air that now people are reaching out to you to help them like kind of like you're a superhero who, mm-hmm. whose superpowers are you beat the system that was stacked right. against you. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of calls and inboxes on Facebook for, for people in Detroit going through the similar situation. And um, uh, a young man by the name of Harold Collier, um, he's going through a situation where he had to use uh, lethal force to defend himself, and he's sitting in prison, well, not prison, but jail, until the actual uh, trial comes. And he has no bond. Oh, gosh. So, of course, when you think about something like that, sitting in there eating those dry sandwiches and 
seeing all the horrific things you'll see in jail, mm. one can only wonder how much can you take before you do take a plea deal Right. when you do actually uh, kind of capitulate to something that you didn't do, Right. even though you know, you know you're innocent. That is just, I mean, really, this is a cautionary tale. And uh, we have so much more to bring out about it. And we want to bring you back on in a, a few weeks when we've got a little bit more time to spend with you. But you are, you authored a book and you've talked yeah. about it in the book. And so tell us a little bit about that and the release date. And, and that'll be something to look forward to as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, um, well, during my trials and tribulations and going through this whole arduous process, the way I was able to release was to write. Um, my journal ended up becoming my book, and uh, my journal was uh, wasn't didn't have a title, but now it does. Uh, the Santa Shooter, um, Guilty into Proven Innocent, and it will be released on December 21st of this year, which is the date of the incident when it happened two years ago. And it's kind of just about my situation, about the the, um, the uh, arbitrary standards that our justice system holds uh, the prosecutors to to kind of put them in a position where they're kind of forced to prosecute people that they don't actually even believe that are uh, criminals, you know, because they're just trying to meet the numbers and the standards to, you know, uh, fill the justice system hotel. Wow. And also about my life and living in a community, which is Detroit, where you know, people were kind of, uh, let's just say, you know, mis- I always tell people that when you in the urban area, you'll notice that the difference between the urban life and the suburban life is totally different, uh, 180, when it comes to the education system, when it comes to just your living environment all the way around. And I talk about that growing up in that area and what it kind of did and how it molded me. Mm. Well, I can't wait till we have some more time to dig deeper into your life story and then the Santa Shooter story and and really looking forward because that's one of the the most amazing things about you is that you are a forward looker. You're not, you know, still licking your wounds and and sitting in a victim mindset. You're looking forward uh, and helping others do the same. And and I just applaud you for that. And um, before we have to break, will you, you tell people like how could they reach out to this superhero with these superpowers and <laughs> <laughs> and and follow you a little well, bit? <laughs> well, I have social media. I do have my. Uh, Marcus uh, Weldon social media page. Actually, my, Marcus Allen Weldon is my full name. So you can always put me on Facebook. Um, I had a hashtag that was uh, kind of trending. Hashtag I support Marcus Weldon throughout the entire case. And a lot of people were contacting me on that. Um, I have uh, uh, Instagram, which is moral justice underscore versus legal justice. Um, and I, I, I put it in that way because it is moral justice. And it is legal justice, but sometimes the legal justice is not moral. Mm. Wow. That's saying a lot. And that's it's an area that we can definitely improve in uh, across the country. So I'm so sorry yeah. for what you've been through, Marcus, but I am so excited that you're on the other side of it and that you've come on to tell us a little bit about it. And we will definitely have you back on again in the future. Oh, thank you. I, I enjoyed the dialogue today. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We will talk soon. Now stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. And coming up, we have Amanda Suffolk, one of our DC Project delegates who has her own radio show and podcast. 
and has recently been named to the Trump-Pence Advisory Board. Now that is ordinarily extraordinary. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at PottyGoldEstate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest is Amanda Suffolk. Amanda is one of our DC Project delegates who has her own radio show and podcast and has recently been named to the Trump Pence presidential campaign you heard me correctly advisory board and i am so excited to learn more about that amanda are you with us yes i am there you are thank you so much for being here i was just saying i don't know if you could hear me but that i'm so excited to talk about how you've been named to the trump pence advisory board now how does that happen um i think it's one of those things that the harder you work the luckier you get nice It's not really that you do anything. Sometimes you just happen to be standing in the right place at the right time, I I really think. That is phenomenal. And you are such the right person for that because, um, you know, you're just a a logic-based person. You have such a rich background in firearms training and you're a forward-thinking person that, you know, you're looking to the future. You're not looking to, you know, open old old wounds or rehash old garbage. You're you're about, let's let's make America great again, right? Well, yeah, let's figure out what's happening and what we can do to make it better. Um, you know, it kind of ties in I am a logical thinker, and part of that ties in the fact that I'm an engineer by trade, 
and by training. And so that, that whole logic and fact-based and where are we at now and where do we want to be, that all really is, whether you're talking engineering or you're talking Second Amendment, it really is the same fundamental. That's phenomenal. So it's actually the Ohio Gun Owners Advisory Board. Is that right? Yeah. So the it's Ohio Gun Owners for Trump Advisory Board. And so I believe that what they're doing is they're creating one per state. And, um, I mean, I'm in, in a group. There's there's eight of us on the Ohio Advisory Board. And the cool part is, I mean, when you start looking at these eight people, they're just it's like, man, these are people you – the other side – the other seven are people I want to know, you know? So I'm like, wow, sort of like the DC project. It's another one of those where I'm just so glad they let me play along. (laughs) Well, I can definitely speak to that from the DC project. So what, what are you advising? Like what things are you discussing? How, How are you communicating with the campaign? Well, it's a, it's kind of an, it's an up and down path. Okay, in in both cases. So so the eight of us are kind of sitting there in the middle, and um, Donald Trump has, and it's available on his website, his stand on the Second Amendment, his his points, and there's a series of bullet points. Um, there's there's seven of them with some with some detail of of where he stands with the Second Amendment. And so what we do is we're working with the advocates that are in each county and those advocates who then have volunteers that are doing stuff, you know, boots on the ground to be able to, to help them keep in alignment with Donald Trump's vision. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when you start to get, um, when you start to get a whole bunch of, of different people and they all have their own agendas and their own opinions, it starts to get scattered. And so, if each section is going, okay, let's go back to these things, these basics, um, and then how how can they be successful at it? So are they going to gun shows? Are they using social media? Are they passing up? What are they doing to be able to reach out and talk to the pro-Second Amendment and the sportsman advocates in the state so that people understand where Donald Trump um policies are where he is and where his um where where Hillary Clinton is is not and Mm -hmm. so kind of so that in some cases I was raised by a gun guy um I mean we picked tv shows that we were not allowed to watch or he picked tv shows we were not allowed to watch because there were actors who came out that were absolutely flaming Mm anti-gun and so my father's premise was we're not supporting that so this is this is the same kind of thing so making sure that all if we've got voters who are rapidly a single issue they've got facts to work off of and so that so we provide those facts to them in a manner to where they're willing to to absorb it to continue to do the, the boots on the ground because because our second amendment is so critical and and the erosion that's happening is just so so ugly. Wow, I, and I I couldn't have said that better. And you know, people that are you know like on the fence about how to vote or on the fence about Trump as a man, 
one of the best things that that I think people can consider is look at who he surrounds himself with. Look at who he said he's going to pick for the Supreme Court, that sort of thing. And you are an example of that. So you were picked by someone on his team that he picked. And so you mm-hmm. are just proof that he really does surround himself with the best people for the job, people who are logic-based. And um, I'm just so proud to know you. I'm just, oh, <laughs> and I'm proud, so nice. proud of the work I mean, you're doing. Oh, that, that's, that's good. That, thank you. I, I appreciate that because, it's, you know, it's not, it's not what I do for a living. It's what I do for love. Mm. I mean, this is uh, the Second Amendment is is my hobby. Mm. Um, all all the spare time that I've got, I give to education and and to the defense of it. Mm. You know, and to me, the defense of the Second Amendment is education. Mm-hmm. By sharing it with people, they start to understand it, and when they understand it, then they will stand with it. That's fantastic. Now that clock is ticking away, but before we okay. run out of time, I yeah. I want you to talk about the Akron Beacon article that you were a part of oh. because that was huge. Okay, well, if anybody wants to see it, just go to ohio.com, which is the website for the Akron Beacon Journal, which is our local paper. Um, and then in there, if you want to do a search for either guns, well, guns and training, or my name, Amanda Suffolk, you'll find it. But what it was, was I had a reporter who's on the crime beat, and he's like, I don't know anything about guns. And if I'm on the crime beat, he, I guess that, that um, he, tr- he thought he knew enough about guns that when somebody told him something, he tried to correct them, and they're like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> well, he's Oops. smart enough then to say, okay, I don't know, so I need to go to somebody. So he came and he took six hours of training, and we worked through a variety of guns and revolvers, semi-autos, you know, and rifle, shotguns, pistols, the whole, the whole gamut. And any question he had, I answered, and I taught him how to shoot, and I taught him how to handle, and I taught him gun safety. And it just so happened that he wrote the article, and I knew he was writing the article, that it became front page, top of the fold, gun safety article on a Saturday. Wow. That was amazing. And I don't know why, but I don't know why it was the top of the fold article, but I love that the fact that the guns and gun knowledge and gun education got that level of importance. Well, absolutely. And I really have to applaud the the author, right? The reporter, the journalist. Mm-hmm. Right. He was actually being a journalist for once. I mean, not. I don't want to laud that against him because I don't know him, but... Right. As we watch the news and, and intake all this media, journalism is so rare, and really activism is what is the, the watchword of the day. And so here's somebody that opened his own mind and helped open readers' minds. Right. So he was doing journalism. And frankly, one of the words that's just come, I mean, it's been there for a long time, but it's actually come back, is when you're watching the news, are they really journalists or are they commentators? And if they're commentators, that's where they throw their opinion in. And I believe that we have switched from journalists to commentators as our norm and that we've never really noticed, but we need to all be a little more aware that that's what we've got. 
That's exactly right. And I, I wish that every journalist out there would see the example posed by the young man that that asked you to take him out on the range. And he didn't just, you know, run out there on the, the first day that he was invited. It took him a while to kind of like, you know, come come around to first finding a date on the mm-hmm. calendar that worked. But then also, ooh, this is a totally un, unfamiliar territory for me. And Well, he spent six hours on the range with me. Wow. Six hours. So it was an investment in his time, with his time, yes. Absolutely. Yep. And then to to write it up and hopefully the yep. paper's editor gave it a green light and then to end up on the front page. That is pretty phenomenal yep. and so important as we're barreling towards this election um, that, that the gun issue is once again a hot button. It really is. It really is. And so everybody really, what I've been saying is there's no fence sitting. If you ever thought you could sit on the fence, this election, you cannot. And if you, you are, can't. No. if you are a gun owner, then you especially cannot because uh, of the Supreme Court um, issue that, that awaits us. Um, can you speak to that at all? The, you know, the Supreme Court thing is really, there's at least, I don't know how I say I've seen the number between we're talking about Supreme Court justices. There's going to be anywhere from three to seven. I mean, depending when you when you start to look at the ages of I mean, there's an open seat right now. And then when you look at the average age of the Supreme Court justices, I think their average age is running in this late in the high 70s. Mm-hmm. So in this next four years, you really can look at the fact that this is this is going to it's not a four year election. This is probably a twenty year election. Exactly. That it's going to affect us to that extent. Exactly. So thank you for taking some time and being on with us today, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Please tell people how they can listen to your radio show and reach out and, and follow all the work that you're doing. Well the easiest way to do it is I've got a website called I on the Target Radio. And from there, they can listen live. It's iOnTheTargetRadio.com. They can listen live. And then there should be some links there to some of the other stuff that we do, or they can email. I, I think that I'm, I try to, to interconnect pretty much everything that we do back to the radio. Mm-hmm. But we run a not-for-profit called Realize Firearms Awareness Coalition, so RealizeFAC.com. So if you go to the RealizeFAC.com or iOnTheTargetRadio.com, you should be able to, to kind of get in and get an idea of what's going on in Ohio. Fantastic. And, um, yeah. Well, thank you again so much, and congratulations to being named to the Ohio Gun Owners Advisory Board to the Trump-Pence presidential campaign. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. I so love it when I'm on your show, because everybody says to me, do you know Cheryl Todd? <laughs> Do you know Danny Todd? And I'm like, yeah, I get to say I do know. And Cheryl's on my list of really cool people to know. Oh, I love it. Well, right back at you, Amanda. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Well, stick around because right after this, we have our responsibly armed citizen report and Dan's commentary. Um. (laughs) Stick around.
Hi folks, I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, Dan, what an awesome show. My goodness, the wonderful people that we get to interact with. Yes, I I really enjoyed today's show. Absolutely. Well, This is one of my favorite parts of every show, our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. And I want to dive right in with our little Superman cue. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Well, truth, justice, and the American way. I should name one of our themes that, don't you think? Maybe our next grandkid, too. (laughs) Nope. <laughs> that would be a long name, and Cassie has not committed to whether or not we get another grandkid. So, is it her decision? Uh, well, we can encourage, but pretty much, yeah. <laughs> She's the bearer of the oven that the bun would be. All right, never uh, mind. Uh, uh, no, no, we don't. Need <laughs> All right, so our responsibly armed citizen report. Imagine yourself, okay, standing in your home. Well, you aren't just standing in your home. You are in the most vulnerable place you can be in your home. The refrigerator? No. Where would that be? Where are you and I the most vulnerable? Probably the shower. Mm Mm-hmm. Not together, but no, just, (laughs) I'm not saying that. We've lost control of this entire segment. So, where are you and I the most vulnerable stepping Naked and wet, out of the shower. The sound of the running water has prevented you from hearing what's going on outside of the bathroom door for how long? 10 minutes or maybe 15? But now you hear your dogs barking. 
not a lazy, bored bar, get the wind blowing outside, but this is an urgent alert for you and a menacing growl in an attempt to warn off danger's approach. What are your options while you stand there with nothing but a towel and a toothbrush between you and danger? Oh, and danger's friend, who both have broken into your home. They must have heard the shower running. Are they lying in wait? Are they there to rob or to rape? So many panic-fueled thoughts collide in your mind at once. Are you prepared for a scenario like this? How do you protect yourself inside of your own home? Not many people are prepared to practice self-defense in the shower. Your phone is usually on the charger in another room. Your nearest handgun is where? Locked in a safe? Is the magazine filled with ammunition? Is the magazine even in the same room as your gun? Danger likes it when we are unprepared, caught off guard, and he especially likes it when we are defenseless. So imagine Danger's surprise when the owner of this home was none of those things and instead was a responsibly armed citizen with awareness, preparedness, and a plan. All new tonight, the wife of the Union County Chief Deputy is speaking only to Channel 9 about hiding from these two suspected burglars who accused of breaking into her home. Both of the men are now in custody. Tonight, she shares her story of survival only with anchor Liz Foster. Liz? And those two suspects are still in jail here at the Union County Sheriff's Office. They're accused of breaking into four homes two weeks ago, including one owned by the second-in-command at the Sheriff's Office. His wife was in the shower when they broke in and walked me through what happened. I'm in danger. That was one of Candy Wilhelm's first thoughts after getting out of the shower two weeks ago, hearing her dogs barking, then realizing one of her doors was wide open and it wasn't her husband, Union County's chief deputy, home for lunch. There's a guy that is walking straight into our laundry room and all this takes a second to process like None of this is okay. She described only to Channel 9 how she quietly walked back into her bedroom, locked the door, grabbed a gun, and called 911. That doorknob had just jiggled. I was just going to shoot through the door. When deputies arrived, the two suspects took off, caught after a massive manhunt that locked down Newtown Elementary School for hours. I know they were armed heavily now. So, yeah, it was very frightening, and, and I was scared that I could lose my life. Candy is extra cautious, even at home, all doors locked and taking her phone everywhere, all because of a previous crime. Her first husband, David, a federal agent, was shot and killed 11 years ago in Atlanta by Brian Nichols, who escaped a courthouse. I know he watches over me, and he guides me, and he helps me, and I know he helped me that day. Just. Investigators say the two suspects, Quadarius Mickerson and Anthony Fisher, were stealing electronics and firearms and even stole the chief deputy's service handgun, one of them, from his home. Thankfully, that gun was recovered. Reporting live outside the Union County Sheriff's Office, Liz Foster, Channel 9 Eyewitness News. A very smart lady. I mean, she could have just went out there banging, shooting people. Um, but, you know, you think about it. First of all, you don't know how many people are in the house. You don't know how many of them have guns. She did really the right thing. She she got her firearm. 
She secured herself in a room, called 911, and was ready, if they came through that door, to protect herself. But when I read this the first time, I thought, why didn't you go out there and fight them? And then you think about it, which she was smarter than me because she thought about it right that second and decided that it'd be best to barricade myself and just be ready. Now, there was no other people in the house, so she did the right thing. Yeah, if you can avoid a confrontation, then absolutely that is the best and the safest. And after hearing Marcus, the our interview earlier today, after hearing his story, where he perfectly lawfully used his firearm and still had to endure over a year of trials and the expenses of trial and the threat of maybe being put away for 30 years. I definitely think, um, you know, anything you can do to avoid an altercation um, is best. And and at that point, it was going to be a property crime. If they couldn't reach her. And there were no other people in the house. Right. Then right. it's property crime. And you have to really have to think about it. What kind of a battle am I getting into mm-hmm. when I don't know? I know my surroundings, mm-hmm. but I don't know how many people are in the house. She only saw one. Mm-hmm. There was two. Mm-hmm. There may have been four or five. You don't know. And you will not win a battle like that. Right. So you secure yourself as they come through the door. You have a chance to survive. Mm. So it's wow. something to think about. So many things in that story to think about. I mean, just honestly, when you you tease me a lot about my bathroom gun, but... <laughs> Um, it's not the bathroom gun. It's the den gun. It's the closet gun. It's the extra bedroom gun. The other extra bedroom gun. Hey, how do I know where I'm going to be when the zombies come? How do I know? I got to be prepared. I got to have a plan like this lady did. All right. Well, Mr. Todd, I'm eager to, to get to your commentary. Tell yourself you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. I was sitting watching the VP debate, minding my own business, when Tim Kaine said, I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. And I, I thought, how could you be a strong supporter of the Second Amendment when you're running and supporting Hillary Clinton? Now, for those that don't know, Hillary Clinton said she wanted Australian gun model rights, okay? Also, that she said the Second Amendment need to be modified. Now, my opinion is you either support something or you don't. You either like Especially it or you Especially if you're a strong supporter. Right, strong supporter. What does that mean? Yeah, I would like to hear his definition. Well, his quote, I'm a gun owner. I'm a strong Second Amendment supporter, but I've got a lot of scar tissue because when I was governor of Virginia, there was a horrible shooting at Virginia Tech. And we learned that through the painful situation that gaps in the background record system could have closed, should have been closed. All right, stop right there. What do they mean by gaps in the background system? This gentleman, we'll call him a gentleman that did the shooting, did a background check. He had no previous records that I know of. I mean, that, that's why he passed the background check. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to modify or change the background check. And here becomes my calmness rant. How do <laughs> Wait they, a minute. Did you say calmness rant? I, I have to keep it calm. <laughs> Cheryl says I have to keep it calm. Okay. <sighs> but here's the deal. All right. So they want to modify the background check 
so that there's no gaps. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Are they going to make it so that the honest law-abiding citizen can't get a gun, but maybe their donors and supporters can? Hmm. I, so if if uh, you don't have anything in your background, which is what these uh, reports are, right? Your right. background reports. You haven't already done anything in your life. And they say, all right, you're cleared. We've put everything but the kitchen sink in this in this search of your life. And we can't find any reason not to give you a gun. And yet you're still one of the very, very few people who, who do something horrible with a gun. Or they could be like Nick Harris. Nick Harris, his political beliefs. He's no, no Nick fly. Adams. No, I'm, sorry, I'm like, Nick, Nick Harris I'm, Nick, I'm sorry, Nick used Adams. to work for us. Right. <laughs> Nick Adams. He, he, he had certain political beliefs, so they put him on a no-fly list. Mm-hmm. This no-fly list that the same people are wanting a stricter background check mm-hmm. or supporting. Now, because you are a Republican, maybe you can't have a gun. Well, that just really upsets me, and I guess my rant is Tim Kaine. If you're a strong Second Amendment supporter, then you need to drop the ticket and get away from Hillary. Ooh. Okay? Wow. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that simmer. We almost went a whole two hours without saying that word. <laughs> you know? You mean that name? I'm going Hillary Clinton. Yes. Well, uh, you know, it is election season. And she is one of the major candidates, so it's reasonable that we have to, you know, talk about it in as positive a way as we possibly can. Um, But since we're passionate about our Second Amendment, it's difficult for us. Okay, we got to wrap up. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, to all of our amazing guests, and to our tech crew. We had a tag team effort going here today, weird phone issues and... Uh, it, it was interesting, but they are professionals and just, just sailed right along. Sweat drops flying every direction, but since it's radio, you don't get to see that part of it. Um, so please, until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them, even the ones that we just talked about? <laughs> Especially the ones that maybe you don't like. Be good to each other and God bless. And we leave you with these words from President Ronald Reagan. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.